Midwest uh, gimmick brought Lesnar. That's yeah, the thing is, is that like I'd buy those hot dogs. Yeah, if he had like, if he had a meat line, if he had he's like, like a farmer. Yeah, he's he like a lives on a farm in Canada, so I feel like it would make sense. Brought- Where is on Canada? I think it is. He Canadian. You know what I was thinking the whole time? I was thinking Brat Strowman. Brat Strowman? <laughs> Brat Strowman, if he had like... If he had like jerky? Brat Strowman would be good jerky, but hear me out. I don't understand why they haven't combined like hot dogs and like pre-workout. Because so like if he had like a disgusting pre-workout hot dog... <laughs> I know why they haven't combined it. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it would sell. Do you so, know how much that would sell? Brock Lesnar is from South Dakota, which is like basically Canada to me. <laughs> like that's the same. <laughs> I think he lives in Canada now. Anyway, uh, let's start. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we have a good hot dog riff going, but yeah, let's go for it. All right. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome to WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduce the weird, wonderful world of professional wrestling to my friend, Rachel Millman. Hi! Hey, man. How are you? I'm okay. I'm feeling, like, weirdly sleepy today. I think it's because it was really hot out. It's been hot for days. We are entering, like, a true dog days of summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, like, very end of August. I guess this will come out in, like, two weeks. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully it'll be less, like, unlivable by the time this comes out. The thing is, oh, I'm annoyed by it because all summer it's been super mild and, like, it's and rainy and, and like, rainy not good. And shit. And now it's like, oh, we're at the end. Oh, it sucks. Great. I yeah. love it. I love sweating. <laughs> I love sweating and producing sweat and looking sweaty. That's mm-hmm. my favorite thing to do. It's shine. It's glow. That's yes. What, it what was it? It's um, uh, ladies, uh, horses sweat, men perspire, ladies glow. Oh, I like that. I don't know why horses are in that analogy. It was from a ballet teacher. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a ballet teacher thing. I think from a did ballet, you take ballet teacher. I did take ballet, but uh, and I was bad at it. But that is from a uh, babysitters club book. I think. Okay, fair enough. So it was a fictional ballet teacher in a babysitters club book. Yep, yep, yep. Fair it was for Jesse, I believe. Did you read those? Best. Oh yeah, yeah. I loved those. Oh yeah, those I rocked. realized though, like pretty soon into that book series. Uh, every book you could skip the first, the first three chapter. chapters. It was yeah. the first three chapters because it was always the same. It was always like explaining what all of their deal was and it's like, okay, we get it. Claudia's room is messy. Like, let's move on. <laughs> just I really like to think, like you just brought that up now and like I remember one of the, that's like, I think that's like a preteen life hack. What? Skipping the first couple chapters Skipping of the, the first couple chapters of the baby sister club. Yeah. Um, but I just think about like a poor copy editor being like, all right, how do I fucking rephrase this right. god damn it yeah <laughs> the same fact every fucking time i mean i don't know i feel like children's books like repetition is like it's comforting to some yeah. kids like people like it I don't, know. I don't know it's a bad structure at this point yeah i, I wonder say. i have not i haven't even thought about those books in like probably 20 years so i wonder okay. if they hold up at all i have all. so much discourse that i want to have right now about, about babies about the babies why well no not discourse probably the stronger discussion unpacking like did you ever do like the weird 
one-off ones where it was like the the mega book where they like went to Hawaii because they won mm-hmm. the lottery or whatever. Yeah. Have you ever, did you ever do the mystery ones? I don't think so. There was a mystery one where somebody tried to push Stacy off of a subway yes. platform. Okay, was, I do remember that. That was a scary book. Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's fucked up to make kids read. <laughs> and like kids have no concept now. And like I remember, I think of like Stacy getting pushed, almost pushed off the subway platform very often. And it was like a stalker ex-girlfriend. Of like the boys she was dating. Wow, this thirteen-year-old. It was fucked. Oh my god. Oh my god. Anyway, Mallory Pike, psycho killer, right? <laughs> that psycho killer. Is is this your try attempt to segue because she is the redhead and we're gonna talk no, about no. Redhead I today? just like I don't know. Like the thing is, is that Mallory. I know exactly who Mallory is. Mallory is a girl that I meet who's a couple years younger than me, and I'm like, you know, she could use like a female friend. And then three months later, I'm like, I'm fucking done with this shit. Now I know why she didn't have any because she's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> Mallory, I don't know why she's just such a psycho, right? <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't remember anything about her apart from that she was younger and had red hair and had like a million brothers and sisters. Yeah, she had like a huge family. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, well, yeah, I that like I don't have a segue for this, but redheads. it's about sisterhood, <laughs> I guess. And you know what better sisterhood than making hot ladies fight each other on TV? Yeah, <laughs> WWE, a very uh, positive representation of female relationships. Absolutely. And bodies. <laughs> yeah, just the whole thing. I love their intersectionality <laughs> so much. So, yeah, today we're talking about Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch! And I, like, so this was your idea. You yeah. suggested that you wanted to do a Becky Lynch episode. What made you want to do a Becky Lynch episode? Before we started this beautiful journey that I love going on every week, <laughs> uh, and that I hope people enjoy going on with me, I, she was one of the names that I consistently heard of, like, Becky Lynch fucking rules. Okay. Becky Lynch is, like, a, like, I just, her name kind of correlated with consistency for me at this point and because you know I keep my blinders on I'd never seen her wrestle until we watched SummerSlam Mm -hmm. and like even though we're gonna get into how that storyline is like what are y'all doing uh that you could you just see that like she is this personification of like the like good heart she's obviously like she's clearly like a very likable person Mm -hmm. like If Becky Lynch is a bitch, I will be shocked. (laughs) Everything about her seems just, like, fun and cool. And if she is a bitch, then she's a phenomenal actress and she'd be (laughs) making a lot more money in Hollywood. People, (laughs) yeah, people seem to really connect with her a lot. There is, I was trying to figure it out while we were, like, watching together. Is like, what is it about her? Because she does have... I mean, we kind of make fun of the word relatable at this point. There is something relatable about her. Yeah, people really, like, they really get behind her and and feel like a very personal connection to her. She's not scrappy. I I don't think scrappy is the wrong word, but there's just, like, something about her that's just, like, I'm happy to be here. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to do it right. And it's, like, not positive in the same way Bailey is. It's just, like, all right, cool. We're here. Let's let's go. Let's have fun. There's, yeah. It's, like, it's a, she's a very tomboy to me. Okay, yeah. I can yeah. see that. I can see that. So she's a Christy, actually. Yeah, she's kind of a Christy. I, <laughs> she's I, kind of a Christy. I would say that, yeah. Yeah. Christy was the one who was on the baseball team, right? Yeah, Christy yeah. was the one with the rich stepdad yes. named Winston. I don't remember. And but she was a tomboy. She was a tomboy. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, Becky Lynch, um, a little background on her. Uh, she wrestled as Rebecca Knox on the indies. She was trained by Fergal, which yep. is kind of interesting. Starting when she was 15. Yeah. Um, in Ireland. They're both in Ireland. Irish. And when Googling this, is that's when I found out Fergal's 37. Yeah. Yeah. You thought I, he was younger, right? I thought he was younger. I don't... Maybe the demon face paint is like really good skincare. <laughs> but like... I, I thought he was like 33. Especially for like a pale skinned Irish man. Like he's aging very well. We don't age well. Yeah. No, <laughs> we're not. That is not a thing we're known for. <laughs> and like he is aging very well. She's 30. She, yeah. Her birthday is January 87. She's 30. Like, um, and like, so he trained her is what mm-hmm. I learned. Yep. And, and she wrestled in a bunch of um, European promotions. She wrestled a little bit in Japan. She wrestled for Shimmer, I believe, uh, most notably. Um, yeah. But an interesting thing to me about her career is that she she ended up getting injured when she was about 1920. Yeah. And took a bunch of time off. And, and it was kind of unclear whether she was ever going to come back. And uh, she eventually, like six or seven years later, came back in a manager role on the indies and then got signed so she really like so she's stokely she's well like i don't even think she was hired as a manager i think she was hired to wrestle yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's just interesting that like she got hired to wrestle after basically not being in the ring for a long time yeah i mean maybe there's everyone has different paths towards like what they do and like you know, you take time off and, and then you return to the thing you love. And maybe that's what people find that maybe that's part part of the element of why people love her so much is that she clearly does love this. Well, yeah, I'm wondering if that's why they signed her, even though she wasn't like in super great ring shape at that time, probably is because she has that quality where they, you know, could see that in her of like she has some kind of charisma and some kind of. Um, yeah. She translates very well, um, yeah. You know, to an audience. So, you know, you know, like I, I obviously don't know their thought process, but signing yeah. somebody who hadn't been working super consistently, she she clearly has other things that she she has an it factor. Yeah, like there's other stuff that she's good at. She's obviously very good in the ring too, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. But um, she's fantastic in the ring. Like, yeah, so good. But people really connect with her beyond that, which I think is cool. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do think that she kind of has, like, that quality of, like, clearly she went to school and stuff. And there is an adage I think I've talked to you about before. Not on mic, I don't think. And if I have, sorry to repeat it. Uh that Nicki Minaj, whenever she meets young fans, she tells them, like, go to school, get your education. Right, yeah. And, like, I think that might add, like, she... There's nothing wrong with not having a college degree. Like, I only have an associate's. But, like, the fact that she, like, went to school and, like, got a degree and did her thing and was like, let me make sure, let me explore the world to make sure this is, like, the thing I truly love. Yeah, man. I think that, like, there's just, I just think it's cool. I think it's, I think it's cool to see people take different paths. And especially because of how the business of wrestling turns people out. For her to instead of be like this wonderkin at 19 and be like, no, you know what? I'm going to be mature. I need to enter into this in the right way. That's Mm -hmm. just like, that's cool. I like it. Yeah. I mean, we we talk a lot about wrestling sort of as an art form or as a creative pursuit. And Mm -hmm. it's not just that. There's other elements of it, too. But I think in any sort of creative field, the more paths that people take into it, the better. And the more sort of 
diverse uh, the creative output will be. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of nice that she has this sort of atypical story. I, I think it's, that's part of the reason that, um, fans are sometimes very skeptical of people who have only been through WWE developmental and haven't done anything else. Yeah. Um, I liken it to a lot, you know, a lot with standup where sometimes people will get a lot of attention in the industry when they're really young. And it's like, they clearly have the raw talent to deserve that attention, but do they have any perspective on anything? Because all they've done is this one thing. You know what That's I mean? That's really exemplary of, do you remember when Donald Glover got like a half hour and an hour long special on Comedy Central before like the Childish Gambino thing really, really took off? Mm-hmm. That is very similar of like, there's a raw talent there, but like you have to develop a perspective. Right. You have to, you have to like, you you have this talent for expression, but you don't really have anything to express yet. Yeah. And, like, you know, obviously that is not a one-to-one comparison with wrestling, which is, like, you're expressing very... How much very, can you express? You're, ex- you're expressing very specific things in wrestling. <laughs> but I do think that idea of, like, a multitude of perspectives being really helpful is, is true. Yeah, um, and I think that's also true of, like, Donald's music career, which is like he came out and it was like, there is talent here. We just have to like wait for you to gestate a little bit, Mm -hmm. which I thought, again, that's cool. And also like he's very talented and funny and all that and good at rapping and hot. (laughs) (laughs) But so she got signed to WWE and she was in early NXT developmental, right? Yeah. So she was like a contemporary of um, particularly like the women she was with were like, uh, Sasha, Bailey, Paige, Charlotte, Charlotte. like all of those people who are kind of like on top of the women's division now, they were all in NXT together um, from like 2013 to like 2015, 2016. So yeah, she was in, she was in developmental for like, uh, I think about three years. Yeah. And the match that we watched was against uh, Sasha Banks. Yeah. So they were, I says, I did a little extra like wikiing for this one. Do you know want to know the name of their uh, t- team together because she turned heel on Sasha? I think I know it, and if it's what I think it is, it's really funny. Tell me what it is. Team Bay. Team Bay. Okay. Best at everything. <laughs> they like her like team names are like sexy, unique restaurant levels of like what's going on. See. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Bay is very good. Yeah. I thought you were going to say there was briefly a team in NXT, and I don't know if she was on it, but it was uh, the Submission Sorority. Yes, and they had to change it because yeah. it was porn. Yeah. <laughs> so it got all the way to TV. Like, WWE put it on TV. I think it was led by Paige, and it was the Submission Sorority. And then, like, the day after it aired, people were like, they clearly did not check this because Submission Sorority, if you Google that, is a lesbian porn site. I mean... <laughs> it's crazy how much you need a women's perspective because like I didn't even like you just say submission sorority and you're like that's porn it's definitely porn that's porn and then they changed it changed it to PCB what's that uh, Paige Charlotte yeah, Becky. boring. Yeah, boring. boring. But I, <laughs> sexy, unique wrestler. Sexy, unique wrestler. <laughs> like best at everything. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that they actually. It's a rarity for WWE that they were Team Bay in 2015 because that is when that was like the word to use. Yeah, that's actually like a topical reference in 2015. Which is why you should watch NXT. (laughs) (laughs) It is slightly less behind the times. (laughs) Although while they were in Team Bay, Sasha was still wearing the stunner shades. So, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think she just likes them at this point, right? Yeah, I, I, I suppose. But, like, I, they can't be up to date on everything. I'll give them credit for Team Bay. So, the first match we watched was after Becky turned heel on Sasha and Becky and Sasha fought. I thought Sasha was the heel. No? Um, It was... Oh, um, no, I'm sorry. You're right. It was uh, that... Like, Sasha convinced Becky to turn heel. And then she turned back. And then they turned on each other. Yeah. But, yeah. like, in this match, it's, like, Sasha's yeah, the heel, right? Yeah, Sasha's definitely the heel. Yeah. So, um, it was for the NXT Championship in 2015. It was NXT TakeOver Unstoppable. This was, like, before they were doing the big takeovers at different venues. So, that this was, was at Full Sail at the, that like, was, normal TV taping place. What I noticed is that I was like, oh, this is a small venue. This is, like, yeah. Lucha Underground-sized. Yeah, that's... A, a lot of the early NXT pay-per-views are that. They're, they're the same venue where they record all of the weekly TV yeah. show stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a pretty small venue and, like, a little bit lower sort of level of production and stuff like that, which is also evidenced by the terrible graphic design awful graphic like (laughs) just the like graphic that comes up of like nxt women's championship just looks like fucking ms paint like (laughs) garbage it looks so bad um but the match was good i mean the match is great yeah it's a really good match. i really like the match i it's fun like because usually at this point if i request a wwe person it's because I've seen them in a recent thing. So I'm seeing them at like in their recent form. So it's really fun to go back and be like, oh, this is them as a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I also really like watching NXT for people on the main roster because NXT is usually when people are like in really peak physical condition because they like are in the developmental like training center. So they're working out like crazy. Yeah. So like Becky is fucking ripped in this she has a six pack like she is in crazy shape so it's just cool to like see like holy shit like this woman is like buff as fuck I mean she's not like bulky she's not big but like she's just buff yeah she is super buff and she still is I mean she's got guns but oh yeah in this one promo we watched later post SummerSlam sure guns are like on display yeah she's got she's got like crazy muscles but this match I was just like holy shit she is in good shape like it's crazy yeah uh I really liked it well because I mean she's just her I she comes out and like uh, Becky is one of the rare wrestlers with like a it, this is people might not agree with me she's has the rarity of having a good theme that is yeah like, I like her theme song embarrassing to listen to around people who don't know its context yeah <laughs> yeah like Fergal has a good theme but like explaining like what you're listening to is like a little embarrassing with yeah his. like I, I feel like a lot of good themes are like very context dependent but it's yeah. like Becky's theme like could potentially be a good song yeah you know yeah and it, it fits her I feel like it's a really good like baby face like it's interesting that she is uh, matched up with Sami Zayn in the Mixed Match Challenge which we watched some promos for because I feel like they have similar themes where it's like this kind of generic like punk rock yeah uh, baby face like sing-along song yeah she's pop punk he's ska yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um but yeah th- i think this is the match where she debuts the like steampunk gear too where she has the goggles and stuff yeah which i think i've mentioned this on the show before but the reference that that is drawing that they gave her that gear for or that she decided to have that gear is because of mad max fury road yes because, you have mentioned that yeah because the the redhead has the goggles so yeah like, okay redhead goggles like got it that's what we're doing with her <laughs> smart girl glasses redhead <laughs> goggles yeah uh, 
Uh, she just she's just immediately fun. She comes out. She's got the goggles. She's got that great coat, and then she has these fucking bloomers that I am not hyped yeah. on. She has like really weird, uh, like fake leather ruffly shorts. They're and not. And then great. she has like only flares from jeans over her like shins. Yeah, she has like weird uh, kick pads. Like it's, they're very strange. It's not it. Yeah, <laughs> it's really not a good look. I, her coat is cool and like yeah. the goggles, it's it's like a good, especially again, this is like a somewhat relevant reference to be drawing in like 2015. And like she's doing so well with that. <laughs> yeah, and like she looks cool. There is also on her gear, it, it's really weird gear, but there's a backwards B on like her boob like for Becky yeah but the only thing I could think is it reminded me of when that woman claimed that she was attacked by Barack Obama supporters and she carved a backwards B into her face do you remember that yes <laughs> yeah. that was like the only thing I could think blacks rule <laughs> yeah exactly it was like a very obvious like you did this in a mirror the B is backwards you fucking idiot <laughs> it's you remember the scene of the montage from Mean Girls where Karen does the backwards K before going to the dance yeah 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 <laughs> it's very good but yeah Becky he has a backwards B, and that's what oh, it made me what think a of. dork! I yeah. love her. There is also like I we'll talk about the actual match, but just like you can tell that NXT is not what it is today too by how not great her hair dye is. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's Ooh. rough. It's clearly like she did the roots, but they didn't account for like matching the roots to the ends so the roots are like bright bright orange and then the rest of her hair is like way duller and yeah. it's it's not a good look i will say like she's so pretty that she can carry off that hair color even yeah. when it's dyed properly yeah it's hard to have orange hair and be cute especially she if you're uh like a a pale irish person but b a pale irish person that tans because she has to tan yeah like because it's wrestling so it's like fake tan and orange hair like hard to pull off and she does and it she great. does it she's just, she looks great she's really she's like genuinely like a super beautiful person to yeah look at. for real like i don't want to spend too much time you know objectifying yes yeah gassing up like we this is about their power and everything but, but also like, God, like, she's pretty we objectify all the men so i don't feel bad saying becky lynch is fucking really hot like she's, she is gorgeous she's gorgeous um uh, you have had this theory for a while that you think that Sasha Banks uh, is like in with the glam squad. So like if she doesn't like someone, they look like shit. That's yeah. that's why I, I completely buy into that theory. And that's why I think that Sasha Banks likes her because Becky's makeup good. is always really good. Yeah. It would be hard to make her look like shit though yeah like you'd have to like contour like and not blend at all for right. her to look bad but yeah her makeup is usually like well executed and flattering which is more than you could say for like a lot of women on the wwe roster ronda <laughs> uh, i mean there's the comparison of her SummerSlam makeup to ronda's SummerSlam makeup like that's hers is how you do that look yeah ronda's is in the past and should remain there oh yeah it's no good <laughs> no but, but yeah then then sasha banks comes out and uh i an, another theme i really like i yeah. think is like perfect for that character um like kind of a cool song like i've listened to that while working out and it's like a good song you know um, do you ever do I do Nakamura's when I'm working out I definitely have done Nakamura's I my the WWE songs on my workout playlist I have those I have um, AJ Styles I knew you would say yeah. AJ Styles AJ Styles is really good for that um, there are a few other I'm trying to think I think those are the only ones that are like mainstays but yeah you know some people have some people have good ones I, I might mean, add Becky's now 
Yeah. It's fun. It's Becky's, very fun. It's, it's a Dropkick Murphy song, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Another thing that was really notable about this for me is that you talked about the low production values, which is like, so we know now that WWE pipes in cheers and turns down the volume for booze and all that. They do not do anything to edit out the fairly racist chance at Sasha. Yeah, and that- honestly, I don't think they would edit them out now because it's still a racist company. But yeah, there's I mean, some- the only reason they would edit them out is not because they aren't a racist company is because Sasha is uh, someone who sells a lot of makes them a lot of money and she, I would hope that she, like if she wanted to she could be like cut that shit out that's fucking racist I don't think they would but yeah. it's bad like yeah people are chanting Sasha's ratchet which is like gross and uh, thankfully there are more people chanting no she's not but. yeah but it's still like it's clear as day yeah it's ridiculous yeah like, it's really gross Fuck that. That's also, like, not even, like, that's not even the character. Like, there's nothing about the character that would make you chant that. It's just that she is a woman of color. She's like, a woman of color with bright hair. Yeah. That's like, that literally is it. it. Yeah. Not that that would, like, be acceptable to chant at anyone, but it's just especially notable because it's, like, this is not this character. Like, yeah, she's, she's just... the boss. That's not, she's not quote unquote ratchet. Yeah, no, it's gross. It's really I, frustrating. Yeah, no, it made me really mad. <laughs> the, there are a couple, like, I hated this crowd. Like, I wrote yeah. down, like, wow, I just hate this crowd. Like, even above that, uh, I just didn't like them. Um, but they were, like, they were pretty split. They seemed, like, more for Sasha, um, who was the champ at the time? It's in the beginning. It's definitely like way more for Sasha, and then it's an even split. And then at the end, it's like pretty like it's like sixty forty with sixty to Becky, mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, it's just I I've seen people like online be like, oh yeah, no fuck NXT crowds. They don't appreciate it, and I'm like, what? This crowd seems great. I went to one NXT thing. Every time I've watched a takeover, it seemed like a great crowd, and then I watched this and. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like when people complain about that, they're mostly talking about the audience at Full Sail, which is where this was recorded. Yeah. Because they NXT records in the same venue every week. Yeah. Or they, I mean, not every week because they, they record like four weeks of TV tapings at one show, but it's all in the same venue. Yeah. So the people who go to that show are regulars and a lot of them are trying really hard to like get themselves over as the crowd instead of like paying attention to the wrestling. Oh my and they're God. Really annoying. You are not over as the crowd. No you one are, gives a shit. You are someone in a black t-shirt with a dubious at best design. <laughs> you are not the performer. Oh my God. Oh yeah. My God. So that's We've already when, been over <laughs> our feelings on this. So when people say that, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. They're not talking about necessarily like the takeover audience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like this is a really good match there's um some good like mat wrestling in it which is cool i feel like apart from Shayna baszler like we don't see a ton of submission based like stuff that from women that doesn't have like more high flying spots in it and uh i i think that's cool like i i think that like there's a way to do submission wrestling that isn't just like scary sadistic heel and I think like Becky does that pretty well like she has a lot of stuff that's based on like her arm arms. thing what's yeah. the name of like her big arm move you know the one I'm talking about you don't know okay. I don't know the name of it yeah I like I like I'm really like- I just need to say this really quick I'm fucking really pissed that Wikipedia took all the move lists off all the wrestler oh pages oh my god I so know so you can't like look up what it's called like I don't I know the move you're talking about it's like a big arm bar 
but it I don't looks like know she's wailing on a guitar. Yeah, and that's why I really like it, and like it works with like the whole like punk rock character. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's got that. There's a really cool uh, submission spot in here where. Uh, she has Sasha's arm tied up like that with her legs. Yeah. Which is really cool. Oh, where she has like her legs in the air and they're not at parallel and she's got like it braced with yeah. like one leg further out. That was a really, really cool spot. Yeah. Yeah. But you can kind of tell that despite the fact that, you know, they can kick my ass. They're great at their jobs. They're still a little new. Yeah. When this there's like a couple there was like a couple little details I saw when I was watching this of like when Sasha has her arms around her crisscrossed you see them like break hands and readjust because they're clammy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like well one you're used to perform you're like you're still working around how to be in front of a camera but two it's just like oh it's kind of nice to see how like those seams like got blended yeah i i think that like something that i was thinking about when i was watching this match is that um for these big shows the wrestlers in NXT because again it is a developmental program like they're in they're basically going to school like while they're doing this yeah they they don't have like they don't just show up for shows like the main roster they're like in classes and stuff so for these big uh takeovers a lot of times they get to rehearse like more than a main roster thing would where it's like the main roster and this I could be wrong like my in my understanding wrestlers on the main roster will rehearse big spots for big shows like that day you know or like maybe the day before but it's not like you don't rehearse the whole match in nxt for these takeovers especially newer people they often will rehearse more extensively so they're definitely doing that with dream i think yeah yeah you can kind of like see him like counting like three two one next move i mean i i just was thinking about it when i was watching becky and sasha because um they are newer and you can tell yeah with the pacing like things aren't quite as fluid um but they're putting together like a really exciting match the crowd is is really into it and uh I, I, I think also I like watching this because, like, I like Becky Lynch, but as someone who mostly watched main roster until we started doing this show, I don't see her a lot, which we're going to talk about. Like, she's been kind of underutilized on the main roster. So it was nice to see her wrestle a match this long. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, almost 30 minutes, right? Or was it 20? I don't remember. It was 20 to 30, and it was just like, oh, cool. You're giving me, like, something to work with here. This is a full meal. This isn't just, like, a little, like, <laughs> s- like snack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, what I really like, too, is um, whenever we do these things, like, obviously, I'm there to analyze the person that I said, hey, tell me about Becky Lynch or Zach or Neville. But it's really fun if I know anything about the opponent to watch them in a baby phase, too. Yeah. So, like, Sasha, obviously, her character is mean. She's a mean person. But it's really, she's so good. And she's meant to be a mean girl repeatedly. She's great at being a mean girl. Um, But she can clearly do a lot more than that. And it's, like, it's a similar thing of, like, we don't see Becky that much. Is that, like, give me more of that. Obviously, she has fun being the mean character. But, like... You have so much talent within these two people. Can you tap into any of it? Yeah. You know? And, like, I get that, like, they can't have them do, like, Daniel Day-Lewis level nuances. Like, they're, it's wrestling. But, like, 
you can do a little extra if you want. Yeah, well, I, I want to get into that when we talk about her more recent stuff because I feel like the characterization of women in WWE is like very frustrating to me because it's, I mean, wrestling characters in general are like pretty simple. And yeah. Like, I understand that, like you said, it's, you can't do like something super, super fleshed out and nuanced, but they seem so limited and it's like a really big bummer to me. Like you basically just have ge- general good, general bad. Um, but we'll get into that. I, I want to talk first about, um, so like, in NXT, like Becky, Sasha, Charlotte, Paige, like they were all really important to Bailey too. Like this idea of revolutionizing the women's division. Yeah, they were the divas, right? Exactly. Well, they were divas until Becky Lynch gets called up, and as she wins the inaugural, the, this is the invention of the SmackDown women's title because the brands had just split between Raw and SmackDown. That's right. There used to only be one women's title, and now there's two. And as Becky wins that title, they change the name of the championship and the division from divas to women. So that was like concurrent with this sort of generation of talent getting called up to the main roster. So they were sort of very representative of this like sea change within women's wrestling at WWE. Yeah. Okay. I think I remember seeing some stuff about the, the change from divas to women and how like, yeah, this is actually like pretty good and progressive, but like this kind of throws all these women who were serious talents as divas under the bus as like they're not regressive these are still very talented people they just have a different name right I mean yeah yeah, you don't you don't there's ways to talk about it that I think are kind of disrespectful where it's like you know oh they're like if you make a big enough deal about like these particular women changing the face of uh women's wrestling in WWE it is kind of disrespectful all these people that came before that were workers you know that were like often made to do this disrespectful stuff but a lot of them could really wrestle like China China is a perfect example of that yeah um and how it's super disrespectful to her so like I just I think that's that's good to know I didn't know that yeah and I know I think changing the name is like awesome like I'm really glad they changed the name yeah yeah and they changed the belt it used to be like this ugly fucking like oh, butterfly the thing. The belt is so bad. <laughs> so, that is that the worst belt in WWE? Which belt? The the old butterfly diva belt. It's pretty fucking bad. It's pretty I, bad. I challenge you to find a worse one than that. Yeah. There uh, isn't. Send us send us bad belts. Tell yeah. Us bad ooh, belts. Please. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Mid, I like that. Mid show. By the way, you know what belts I really like? Um, the NXT North American Championship belt. It's like a globe. It's like it has yeah, like a map on it. Yeah, I like that one. It's very like throwback. It's kind of, it, it reminds me of like older, like 80s kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But I really like it. Like I think it's a good design. Yeah. And then anyway. the other one is NXT. And right. It's that one sucks. Awful to look like, at. Like the North American Championship one is so much better. Terrible aesthetics. Um, But the match itself, to go back to it, is it ends with a tap. And I know in previous episodes, I was like, wow, it's kind of hard to end with a tap. And like, I think I take that back. Uh, the tap on this is great. It's yeah. good. It's like, I really actually didn't see it coming. And I was shocked by it because yeah. of like the whole like Becky does have like that sort of like Daniel Bryan, just so much heart sort of thing. Yeah. But a baby face. Yeah. She's such a baby face. Um, but that is great. And then she what I also liked about this match, too, is like. It's this common thread in every Sasha match I watch. Not every Sasha match, but a lot of the ones I've watched where, like, she doesn't take you seriously until she gets hurt by you. And Mm -hmm. then, like, a level of respect registers on her face. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun to watch, like, the early inceptions of that. Because it is, it is fun. 
It yeah. is it is cool. It is a good character turn every time, even if, like I said earlier, you can do more. She's yeah. doing a lot with what she's being given. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when when Becky wins that, she's the inaugural SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, she holds the title for like a couple months and then um, she loses it to Alexa Bliss because uh, returning uh, former diva back in the diva days, uh, former WWE superstar Mickey James comes back. Mickey rules. I love Mickey James. And I, I actually think this is interesting. So we, the match we watched was after Becky had lost the championship, she had a match against Mickey James at Elimination Chamber 2017. And uh, I think this is really interesting because I see... Becky Lynch and Mickey James as kind of similar in the sense that they both have that sort of innate babyface thing that you like connect yeah. with and root for. Yeah. And Mickey, because she's had like a much longer career and frankly has been kind of mistreated. Like they put her through some really shitty storylines back in the day in WWE, but uh, she's played the heel like, yeah. a fair amount, but she just has that. Like, I, I think like they both have, there's just something about their physicality and like they both have like very sort of open faces where mm-hmm. you're just like you really want to root for them. So yeah. it, was, it was cool to see them have a match against each other. I liked the lead up to this and the promo package for it where mm-hmm. she's just like this anonymous luchador and she gets her mask ripped <laughs> off and it's like, yeah, oh, it's you. You're back. Yeah. And that's actually pretty. F- I feel like if I had watched that at the time live that would have been like fucking crazy to see of like or you know would yeah. have been smart and we all would have known she was coming back well no but, and it, they say like she'd been gone for seven years so it was like a big it wasn't like she was out for a month or two it was like she took the mask off it's like oh shit that's like, really cool yeah and my I'm, one complaint about it is that I feel like the outfit she was in like the because she was like a masked like luchador yeah was like not cute like they could have given her a cute outfit she was wearing like a blue catsuit with like red panties over it yeah it was, it was weird. like pink basketball shorts or something it looks like, like shit they just like found in the back like yeah, it was like, not cute. she looks like someone attending an aquabat show yeah like come on uh uh but the match itself is like it's real good yeah, it's yeah real fucking good i can't wait to i see i think i saw mickey during hell in a cell yeah yeah or no uh i think it was elimination chamber again uh, this year, yeah. This year, it was the big deal that they were going to have the first ever women's. That was it in yep. the chamber, and she did that awesome spot where she like jumped off the the yeah. uh, like and the doorway basically she like onto rocks. Alexa Bliss. Yeah, she she's cool. Rocks. I and really want her to get like one more big push before she retires because I think she's like really great. I really like her. Yeah, and like there's something to be said for and. I, this is with any entertainment. A woman of her age gets phased out, and there's something to be said for the fact that she's like clearly tooth and nail. Like you don't, you're not going to do that to me just yet. I'm going to yeah, leave yeah. when I want to leave. And she's like one of the few people that's like been through all of this. Like she has been in the company since they were doing like the fucking bra and panty exa- matches. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, you know, she took some time off, but like she's been around for all that. And that like, if you really want to make a point of, you know, as a company trying to rehab the the reputation of women's wrestling in your promotion, like you should give her some fucking respect for going through all of that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like with her, they have an opportunity to accept some sort of culpability. I know they won't because they're WWE, yeah. but it's like, 
give this woman some fucking credit for all the shit you put her through. Because they put her through some really disrespectful storylines. Like, there was, there was stuff where she was, like, basically, I can't even remember who it was. It might have been, like, Trish Stratus or something. But she was, like, basically an obsessed, like, fangirl, like, single white female of, like, another person. And then there was, like, a whole thing where they were calling her Piggy James. Like, they were, like, bullying her because she was fat. Like, shit like that. It was gross. That's like, disgusting. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not surprised by it but i am still outraged yeah like it's not it's not cool and uh you know again i feel like put your fucking money where your mouth is and give mickey james another fucking championship run before she retires yeah but anyway yeah uh this match was good um this was like i feel like this was a little bit after becky lost the belt and it was because she lost the belt but like since Elimination Chamber 2017, like, she kind of didn't have anything to do. Yeah. Like, this was, like, her la- one of her last big matches. I do have to say, also, there's something... I was talking about relatability earlier. Um, her entrance gear, like, the coat is great. It looks great on her. She takes it off. She looks like she has been going through Stephanie McMahon's laundry. <laughs> I, what She's wearing, like, cut-off, like, jean short yeah like black, black denim black denim and this really cute flesh colored top i'm gonna be honest i hated it i hate that top <laughs> if she weren't tanning it would be cuter on her um, it looks like it looks like uh shitty figure skating shit it to looks me. like I don't weird like figure skating shit but what makes it sort of like inherently like what's going on here is she's wearing a black bra underneath. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> it's like a, a nude illusion type thing. And it has this sort of like V-shaped thing over the cleavage, like down to the crotch of like uh, floral, like black floral. Yeah. Okay? And yeah, she's wearing a dark bra under it. And all I could think was like they did a challenge like this on RuPaul's Drag Race where you were supposed to do nude illusion and the queen who wore the black undergarment under the nude illusion got fucking eliminated because that's not <laughs> what you're supposed to do. And like, this is a pay-per-view. Like, this is like a big thing. Like, why are you wearing also, a black bra under that? Why are you wearing a regular bra? Why that, aren't you wearing a sports bra? What the fuck? None of, I feel like none of the women who wrestle wear sports bras and I'm always like baffled. I'm always like, how how are your titties not falling out all the they time? They must like double side tape them to the cup. They gotta. I don't know. It's crazy to me. Like Sasha's costuming is crazy, but like Sasha's like a pretty small framed person. Yeah. As opposed to like just imagining like how in the ways in which like my boob would flop out in those situations. Yeah. And like I'm going to like reiterate the word flop. <laughs> like, <laughs> but. Well, there's that. And then like uh, Charlotte Flair too. She wears like a bustier and she has like huge tits. And, yeah. Like, I just Actually, don't understand. Actually, hers kind of look like they're like in there. I mean, well, because she has fake ones. So she has like, fake ones. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not moving. They're not moving much. a lot. But they're still like big giant titties that need support. Like. Yeah. You can't just, I don't know, you can't go out there. Hers are pushed up to, like, not even her chin to her nose. Like, her boobs are up. They're, they're like, very aggressive. (laughs) I kind of respect it. I I do like the rest of Charlotte's gear because the way it cuts on her and her abs is really good. Yeah, I mean, well, she's, like, in insane shape. Like, it's crazy. (sighs) Yeah, Um, hell yeah. We should... Um, yeah, we'll get into the Charlotte stuff too. Um, this match too, it's just, I like that Mickey's wearing Converse. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was immediately like, what, what's going on here? But the match itself, I really like it just in terms of like, Mickey's clearly just like glowing that she's back and she gets to do this again. Um, 
And again, it's like a really, I said this in a previous episode, like it takes two people to get one person over. Yeah. They're working so hard to make sure the other one stays over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it is like... Um, she bleeds. <laughs> she does, yeah. Mickey's elbow starts bleeding. I, um, I think it's like Mickey loses. Yeah. But she doesn't look weak she doesn't look bad no exactly like both people get to get to showcase you know and uh becky gets some kind of uh revenge because she lost her title but then like i don't really know what happens after that like becky's around she definitely is on tv a lot they have her do like the quinoa stuff the quinoa stuff i i've seen promos where like she's been backstage and been like eating quinoa and gets called to go in and she's like don't touch that and it's like apparently like a common storyline okay. <laughs> i like it I if she's that. having fun if she's having fun <laughs> she like she's on tv but she doesn't have any like big storylines and i feel like she's somebody that fans like really really get behind and really like and so there's been like for the last like year or two everyone's like why not becky like where's becky's push like what mm-hmm. what's happening with becky yeah they put her on like facebook live and stuff with sammy right right well a bunch of you everybody was in that oh, that's so true. uh yeah so we watched some of the stuff from the mixed match challenge um just because those were like so fun they were doing those around the time when um we started the podcast uh so what it was if, if anybody listening doesn't know it was it was um they paired a bunch of men and women on the main roster up into tag teams and they would wrestle each other. It wasn't intergender, which was annoying. Cause that would have been really fun. Um, it was basically like if, if there's a tag made, the other partner has to go in like yeah. corresponding, like if the man is tagged in, the other man has to get in like that kind of stuff. Um, but it was on Facebook live and they would tape them after SmackDown, like at the same venue and everything. And uh, they were really fun because they were, sort of unlikely groups of people like some of my favorite pairings like we we watched ones with Sami Zayn and Becky um Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss was really fun yeah Carmella and Big E was really fun like hell yeah yeah, they were like really cool um you know people who you don't really get to see interact with each other and then also clearly like WWE's creative was not telling them what to do so they got to have a lot of fun and do like kind of goofy stuff so yeah we watched some of the promos from from Becky and Sammy that were just like they're just both the cutest they're They're, so adorable they're adorable (laughs) the hat thing make basically like there's like a bit where he gives Becky his hat she puts it on and she becomes rude like him and yeah. starts skanking. <laughs> like, to turn... Like, we've talked about sort of, like, different things as relics, right? But yeah. to turn your hat into the mask is, like, <laughs> really something. Yeah. <laughs> also, she skanks pretty well. Yeah, she's pretty good at it. <laughs> I mean, like, being good at skanking is sort of, like, a weird phrase, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like... I feel like I don't know if I've seen anybody, like, skank badly you know what i mean but it's like all bad that's a thing like i feel like you it's it is what it is and if most people can approximate it i would say (laughs) so that brings us to where we were when you suggested this episode which was that uh you just watched SummerSlam. so we watched um the SummerSlam match between charlotte becky and carmella and that's where i learned about carmella who rules that's the first time you've seen carmella yeah isn't she great i fucking love her i there is i just the strongest character work you can have is staten island heel 
Like <laughs> Staten Island heel. Spe- the ratchet conversation earlier. If you want to call a character exactly. ratchet, you call Carmella fucking ratchet. Right. I mean, like, I feel like that is a fraught descriptor regardless. But if anybody fits it, it's her. Yeah. I love what you said about her entrance gear for summer. Oh, Sam. exactly. It's <laughs> that, you know, this scary girl who will fight in like SpongeBob pajamas. That's her entrance gear. Yeah. It is some of the like smartest gear it like it tells you exactly who she is yeah like immediately she she is pulling out some hair extensions like yeah she is gonna fuck you up with her like shitty french tip nails that are super grown out that she hasn't gotten a fill for she's (laughs) going to like lodge them in your head and you better watch out like i love that her entrance theme song is basically her being like (laughs) (laughs) it's so good i love her yeah no i i think she rules like i i just think she's so funny and like again you know like this is the thing i she I, looks like daisy from rock of love <laughs> <laughs> i think like i was saying the characterization of women in wwe there's not a lot of variance right there's like you're basically either like generally good and you're like nice to your friends or you're a heel and you're like a bitch and you're like fake or like, you're goth or you're goth but like there aren't even really any goths on the main roster like yeah the closest was Paige and like she's not a, she's yeah a she can't wrestle anymore yeah. so I I just feel like there's not like a lot of variance in people's sort of like motivation and perspective yeah there's more in NXT because you have people like um Shana. you know Shayna and Nikki Cross and yeah. like people who are a little more interesting a pirate a pirate <laughs> um but I think Carmella is actually like an interesting character because her and Ember. Yeah. Yeah. I like Ember too. Ember is like something a little different. Carmella is almost like Charlotte says in this, which is kind of interesting. Like in the promo package, she's like, you're a diva living in a women's world or something to, Ooh. to Carmella. Yeah. As like, you're a throwback. Like you're not, you can't wrestle. You're just pretty or whatever. And like, I, that's kind of true. Like I understand that like, why somebody like Charlotte would say that to Carmella. But I also think that like Carmella plays that role so much more interestingly and like subversively than that character is allowed to be in other ways. Like I don't, the question for me is like, is this my like 2018 like feminist projection (laughs) of like, like Kim Kardashian is actually good sort of thing or like, or is she that good or is it both? Well, I mean, she's not, she's a heel. Like, yeah. she's not good. No, I mean, like, good at the character. Sorry. Yeah, like, she's taking all of these, like, super over-the-top, uh, like, hallmarks of femininity and, like, turning them grotesque yeah. also, in a I way that say, is, like, very cool. I don't actually think Kim Kardashian is good. I was just referring to that sort of, like, universe brain type <laughs> of, like, we can accept these facets of her. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, like, when I watch Carmella, I think of almost that, like, it's like horror movie shit where it's like the feminine turns sour, you know, yeah. like turning on itself. And I, I think she's like fun that way. Obviously, it's like it's not really all that subversive to have someone super feminine be like shamed for it, which is yeah. kind of what she is. But long story short, I like the character. The character is great. I think I'm going to go ahead and give ourselves great credit for how we intake her and the filter through which we enjoy Carmella because <laughs> it is not in a bad way. Uh, but yeah, she rocks. She's got great gear. Moonwalking is great. Yep. <laughs> Charlotte, I get that she's supposed to be this great 
baby face but even when she's doing baby face stuff it's like the most like entitled heel she should be a heel yeah she's so much better as a heel and i it's really weird like i know a lot of people don't like charlotte i think she's a good wrestler but the way they talk about her is so weirdly crypto racist that like i don't know how to deal with it like i I don't know what to make of it i have talked about this before I don't get rid of calling it the natural selection. (laughs) Call it the fucking Darwin. Anything. (laughs) The natural select. That is such a bad name. Well, it's like it's that. And also because she's Ric Flair's daughter, there's all this like, you know, like it's in her blood. It's in her genes. Like she's a top flight athlete. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all specifically like she is like built for this. Like this is like in her this is her birthright like a lot of that stuff and it's like i get that you're trying to refer to the fact that her father is wrestling royalty but when you're talking about like a six foot white woman Mm -hmm. and you're saying stuff like you know this is her birthright and this is in her genes and she looks like that it comes off not cool (laughs) it comes off as nazi pandering yeah yeah like i we really love her entrance at wrestlemania yeah it's beautiful um, but I remember like scanning it later and seeing people who weren't familiar with wrestling and being like, why is all this like Nazi dog whistle stuff happening right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. And like that is, don't <sighs> find a different way to do it. Yes. I, I really don't like it. And I think that, um, her as a face, like it clearly isn't working. Cause that, I mean, so we've talked about Carmella, we've talked about Charlotte, then Becky comes out and Becky has new gear in this. Yeah. And she has really cool makeup and she looks like a fucking badass. She looks like a, like buff mermaid. Yeah. She looks like a buff mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what she looks like. She's buff mermaid. She looks great. She's like, I like when her face does like a little pinch. Yeah. Where she's like, she's like a toddler who's like ready to fight, but the toddler might win. <laughs> like, that's what I find. Re- there's some, there's just something about her that's just like, yeah, go do it. Yeah. And <laughs> the crowd is clearly like on her side. Like she initially had this match against Carmella and then Charlotte was added to it. And people were like annoyed because like audience really likes Becky and is rooting for Becky. Make that heel. Like, even, like, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense to me that, like, oh, she's this grand baby face, so she's going to weasel her way into it? Right, well, like, that, I mean... That's a heel move. Well, that's what ends up happening. So, what ends up happening is they have the match, it's fun. Uh, I like a triple threat match like this because the idea is... Uh, there's no champion's advantage. Like you can lose, Carmella can lose even if Carmella is not pinned. So it's basically like the championship is up for grabs for the winner of this match, regardless of who it is. So because of that, you can have a bunch of uh, breakups of pinfalls and stuff. Cause it makes sense that like, if person A is pinning person B, it makes sense for person C to come break it up because yeah. person C would have to get the pinfall to win the championship. See, I just thought that was because Carmella was a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's why they're breaking all, all yeah. the pins get broken up. So I like that as like a thing. Cause sometimes they do that in matches where it like doesn't make sense. And it's like, this is annoying. Like why are, why wouldn't you just let this person get pinned? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so it's cool. There's like a funny spot where like Carmela smacks Becky in the back of the head and then pretends that Charlotte did it and they start fighting. I really like when she has, uh, when Carmela has Charlotte in a chokehold and she starts going like, woo! And like doing yeah. a Ric Flair impression. <laughs> That's good fucking work. Yeah. You're doing good work. It's fun. It's really fun. <laughs> the match is really fun. And then uh, it's sort of the story that's getting told is basically that like, the animosity between Becky and Charlotte is kind of escalating through the match and, and is sort of spurred on by Carmella. Yeah. Who's like kind of stoking the fire. And then at the end, Charlotte pins Becky to win. Um, and immediately she wins the immediately. The crowd is booing. Yeah. Like from before any post-match stuff, as soon as Charlotte wins, the crowd is booing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's interesting because she's supposed to be the baby face. Yeah, we're supposed to love her. Yeah. So then what happens is... They hug just long enough <laughs> that you know some shit is going to happen. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then, you know, free of context, it looks like it's supposed to be a heel turn because Becky starts beating up Charlotte. Yeah. And is like, you know, you stole my moment. Sore loser. Yeah. Like, and that's what it's supposed to read at is like, read as a sore loser. But the crowd is stoked. Like the crowd is super excited. Yeah. That Becky's beating up Charlotte. Yeah. And they have this like kind of just really stark zoom in of like, she's Becky beat Charlotte through Charlotte over the commentary table and she's on the floor and like they zoom in on her, like doing her, like trying to cry thing. Cause she's. She's not the best actor um, <laughs> trying to cry. And the, it's just like the deafening boos and they're yeah. booing the fuck out of Charlotte as she's on the floor crying. Yeah. Like, ooh. Yeah. People are really like they're on Becky's side of like what you said is like a baby face wouldn't weasel their way into this match. Like, yeah. Let is... your friend have her moment. <laughs> You're a bad friend. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of Charlotte like before the match is kind of like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to like get into this. Like they just put me in this match, blah, blah, blah. But uh, the the tension is rising. Becky turns quote unquote heel, um, and everybody's like, "That was weird. Why would you turn her heel?" Everybody loves her as a baby face. Charlotte's not a great baby face. Like, why are these people switching roles like this? It doesn't yeah. really make sense. So then we watched the promos from the last two weeks on SmackDown that Becky has done. Yeah. Um, and I I have some takes on these. I want to know what you think of them. Um, so like it's a heel promo, right? So like. A heel, you're supposed to be like, how can they say that? This is so manipulative. The first half of her first promo after SummerSlam is like, oh, no, she's just right. She's just correct. Like, this is being taken from her. This is kind of stolen from her. Um, And then she launches into, like, more stereotypical heel talk and stuff. And, like, you know, a heel is always entitled, believes that they have an entitlement to this. And, like, a heel will figure out a way to, like, tell you the crowd right now. And everyone's just like, yeah, you're correct. Like, she's just, it feels like I was watching the first promo and it was like, oh, they just, like, went on Twitter and copied someone's thread about why the end of that last match was bullshit and I faved the thread. <laughs> like it's that's, that was my intake on it. Mm -hmm. What was yours? Um, I think, I, I think there's a little bit of a shift between the first one and the second one. And I think that WWE, this is actually an example of WWE pivoting very appropriately because I think 
they realized they fucked up. I don't even necessarily think they fucked up, but they realized, oh, like people are not behind Charlotte and people are really behind Becky. What like and the the comparison that everybody's drawing that I think is, you know, it's an exaggeration, but they're like Becky, this iteration of Becky could be like a female Stone Cold, like uh, an anti-hero who is right and who is against. See, I don't know anything about Stone Cold. So now I have to like on mic be like, when are we doing Stone Cold? It's very like Stone Cold. (laughs) It's basically just the whole it's it's he's proletariat. kind of right. It's a classic underdog story of like, fuck the boss. Like I've been mistreated. It's it's the classic, you know, like shades of CM Punk, shades of Daniel Bryan, like you know, I, I've worked my ass off and I'm not getting my due. And so I'm pissed. Yeah. And like that, I think is now the direction that they're taking Becky Lynch in. I think Good. that that was not necessarily what they were doing at SummerSlam, but I think they, they have paid attention to this reaction. Give me a Becky. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Cause I think that like the way, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to tell. So the, the promos we watched were like the first one was, um, uh, Becky sort of explaining why she um, turned on Charlotte and like you said it's all like pretty legitimate in kayfabe like why this character would be pissed off but also um, like I would just agree with it if that were my friend right well <laughs> but that's the thing is like I think you can have a heel who's right and have it work because I, I think that like a lot of heels like a, a, a good heel in this mold can be somebody where it's like I completely understand why you feel that way and you are dealing with those feelings inappropriately. And like that's... Hot wife. You do have a hot wife. <laughs> exactly. Like that I think is like one way to do it. Um, so I, I that's like a heel promo, but it's also like legitimate and everything. But they but everybody's still cheering her, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting. They cut out a part on the YouTube, so we watch it on YouTube. Yeah. That the live show, she said like she blamed the fans and she was like you people are never with me like they clearly made her say that because it makes no sense because yeah. people are have been Always, with the whole time. oh yes I did see that going happening online and where people were like what why are they yeah. to blame the fans so like I think that, that the fact that they made that edit after makes it clear that they're pivoting yeah. you know what I mean yeah so and then the next thing we watched was uh, Charlotte and Carmella had a rematch um, Charlotte wins and then Becky comes out and starts beating her up. She doesn't like do an entrance either. She like pops up from behind like a ghoul. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't see her run to the ring. You just yeah. see a close up of Charlotte like with the belt and then you see this flash of red hair and then they start like brawling. Yeah. And and I think like also the thing that makes me think they're pivoting with this is her costuming, like the way that Becky looks. Because yeah, she looks like a black. fucking badass. Yeah, she, she looks, looks awesome. She's she, wearing like leather pants and like a ta- like a orange tank top that's all shredded. Yeah. She's fucking great. And like again, we were talking about this earlier. I oh uh, an Irish woman that tans wearing bright orange I looks know. good. How is what she doing the that? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, because I one of the big first reactions I saw after SummerSlam is again like I was kind of watching it with very little context. Yeah, I knew I was mad. I knew I didn't like that Becky had lost. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, Becky's gonna win. She's gonna do this, and she loses. And I saw people being like. Okay, I still liked it because the story was still on Becky. I got to see her come back. I yeah. got to see her. Like, she still is getting some form of a push. Yeah. Just let me watch her wrestle, please. Yeah. So that, 
I, the rationalization I saw there, people being like, I just want to like this, and they're not letting me like it. And now it seems like they're at least listening to that of, like, the pivot. I'm hoping so. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, we'll have, we'll be a little bit further along in the story, hopefully. And yeah. And they won't drop the ball or fuck it up like they want to do. But <laughs> But I think they do have something kind of interesting on their hands. And again, I feel like this is something we haven't really seen with the women in this division in a while where like you have sort of your general good guys and your general bad guys. And if somebody's going to turn, it's because they were like mean to their friend. And that's like what it, it's like always like you're bullying your friend or you're like talking shit about your friend or whatever. And this is a story of like, no, Becky is pissed because she hasn't gotten her due at her job. Like she turned on her friend, but that's not what the story is about. The story is about, I want my moment and I want my chance at this belt. And that is like a much more interesting story to me than, uh, so and so was, uh, you know, being a bitch in the locker room. Or yeah, whatever, yeah. You know, but like getting mad at nepotism is a great thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. A cl- and that's why I just think anybody who's uh, a second generation wrestler whose parents were like famous. I think they should always be heels. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't think it ever works. Like, McMahon should be heels. Like, anybody with a famous wrestling parent, that should always be what it is. It should always be, you don't deserve to be here. That's why Chavo Guerrero Jr. being a fucking asshole on Lucha Underground and always sitting in a chair works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It yeah. works. I'm I trying like to think it. of if there's any, like, I mean, like, my limited scope. If there's any, like, child of a wrestler who I would want to be a baby face. I mean, I feel like in if, Lucha, it's there are a lot of families. So, like, there are, like, Dragon Lee is kind of a baby face and he's from yeah. a big wrestling family. So, like, there are exceptions. But I feel like in WWE, like, if you have, you know, like, Cody Rhodes should always be a heel. Like, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, dep- it depends on who it is. Like, Bray Wyatt's dad is, like, a famous wrestler, but the character Bray Wyatt is not. Like, that being a second generation wrestler isn't part of his gimmick. Yeah. But, like, Charlotte Flair is named Charlotte Flair. She comes out to a remixed version of her dad's theme song. Yeah. That's a heel thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think Daniel Bryan's kid, if they ever wrestle, which I don't think he would let his child (laughs) wrestle, frankly, um, that would be a baby face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because you come from like a a line of baby faces. If it's a girl, if they, oh, they have a daughter, right? Yeah. Oh, if they have a son, the son is going to be a baby face for sure. (laughs) If they have a daughter... That's a heel. That is yeah. a heel for sure. Because she's part Bella, and the Bellas are good heels. So. The, she's part Bella, and like Daddy's Girl is a great heel move. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and totally. she's gonna be a Daddy's Girl <laughs> anyway. Now that I'm done planning Daniel Bryan's children's career, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think we're like about done. I'm excited to see where this goes. I am looking forward to a part two with this storyline, and I hope that we are satisfied with it. Yeah, because it's WWE. Well, <laughs> expectations are low for sure. <laughs> we'll see. That's like the biggest progression with like my wrestling knowledge is like I know to not trust them ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I sorry really I got didn't find out this way. Faked out from like the Royal Rumble to now. Like, what's wow, your what's, Nakamura won? Great. Is no. that like your biggest disappointment? Like, what's your biggest disappointment so far in, with WWE as far as like storylines not shaking out and stuff? 
God. I mean, like, we didn't really feel a need to do, like, a post-SummerSlam episode, but it was, like, SummerSlam was so odd to me because they did so many duplicates of things, and they did duplicates, and it was basically, like... What do you mean? Look, well, they did two squash matches, right? And, like, they did a squash match that was, like, fuck this, and then they did a squash match that was, like, this is great. Wait, what What matches? Um, With Braun and Kevin. Uh-huh. That was, like, the shit squash. Yeah. And then they did... Fergal and a bartender and that yeah. fucking <laughs> ruled that was great I loved that I've seen criticism of it that was like why is he bringing out the demon to beat a to cons- beat Baron Corbin who sucks <laughs> who gives a shit you got to see the fucking demon and it ruled like so to so that's that's not the biggest disappointment I think to me the biggest dis- disappointment is Asuka tapping still yeah at wrestlemania bullshit yeah complete well it's like bullshit. that to me like has been really frustrating to watch I, i'm fine with her losing at wrestlemania if there was more story with her but they've just like they completely lost this idea of this like they, dominant champ like now she's nothing they brought her out as an extra to like get charlotte away from becky when, well, like, they did that with every. That was everybody yeah, on this. But, like, it's still one of those things of, like, wow, this is the first time I've seen Asuka in fucking forever. Yeah. I want to zero in on the it factor yeah. for her and not just, like, I think we're alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> but like. But that might just be it is that everybody can find something in her. Yeah, I think, like, this. One thing I wanted one to say before we go about this angle that they're giving her, I feel like she has been pigeonholed as, like, adorable too much and like she is adorable she's very cute and like very like played a pure baby face really well no but i want her to beat the shit out of me yeah like i want i want like some more (laughs) some more grit like some more weight to her character and i feel like this might be a really good thing i I think that turning her quote-unquote heel as long as they deal with it more like anti-hero and less like heel is like i'm really excited to see where it goes yeah cool so that's our episode uh if you like us you can sign up for our patreon patreon.com slash wrestlesplania uh twitter.com slash wrestlesplania or wrestlesplania on instagram and wrestlesplania at gmail and we'll talk to you next week yep thanks for listening bye Bye. sirens sirens